nope, that's not what it says. What is up? What is up? What is up? It is the second ever episode of the Nope, That's Not What It Says show. I am the rude Samantha, and I am stoked you are joining us for part two of the logistics of revival and miraculous prayer with the Gamboas. Micah and David are killer cool. They run an awesome ministry called Elijah Rising here. If you listen to episode one, you definitely know this, and hopefully you've Googled them you've gotten some more information, or maybe you've looked up your own local anti-trafficking ministry or nonprofit or coalition in your community, and you're getting involved. Educate yourself, find a way to serve, find a way to help, find a way to fight, um, and let's end this modern-day slavery. Ha! So it's part two with the Gamboas. We're talking about miracles. We're talking about what happens when we pray what should be happening when we pray, how to pray. This episode starts off with a question from the live audience, an awesome guy, and he had questions about what happens when you pray and people just don't get healed. We've all experienced this. Maybe we've all lost a loved one or even ourselves experienced three-day-long migraines and just praying, Lord, get rid of this thing, but not really seeing the results that we thought we might see or maybe not even having the right results in mind. So we're talking about all of this with the Gamboas on part two. Again, I do all of this junk myself, so I'm sorry about any audio weirdness. If you wanna change that, hit me up on Instagram or here on Anchor, and I would love to take your advice and get this up and running even better for your listening pleasure. But right now, I hope you enjoy the next part with David and Micah Gamboa talking about miracles, talking about prayer. It's crazy, you guys. Get ready. I hear from a lot of people, um, their philosophy on prayer is essentially that faith means believing you're going to receive it before you, which I just hear that a lot. And it pops in my head every now and then. Um, when you are walking a journey where you see a lot of healings, you pray for people, and like you said, they don't all get healed. Um, where do you walk that line of, of believing that, you know, believing in the Lord and going, he, I believe that He will answer this because He's, you know, sometimes He puts that seed in you to just keep praying for something, but it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So where you believe for it and expect to receive it, and you also live in a world where objectively some prayers don't get answered. Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, we, we have a measure of faith, but there's also a gift of faith totally. that God can give you in a moment. And it sometimes it becomes so apparent and you just have this expectation that you know God's going to heal. And sometimes that gift of faith is not there. Um, but I know that after what we've seen, I, when I pray for someone, 
When they come to me for prayer, my go-to prayer used to be, Lord, guide the doctor's hands, give them wisdom. Sure. I, I at least have some expectation mm -hmm. now that God can come on, his power can come on somebody mm -hmm. and heal them. And, and what sort of increases, well, not increases faith, but increases my expectation is when I'm praying for someone. A lot of people, when they receive healing, they will feel heat on their body or they will feel electricity running through their body. Now, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that does. It's Jesus, yeah. David. I don't <laughs> I guess that's the only when you have a weird sensation, you compare it to something else you know. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's like, you know, hundreds of years ago, if you said metal objects can't fly, Right. It, or metal objects can fly, you would right. say, you you're know, crazy. Probably. You're crazy. Yeah. But, you know, today we have planes because of the law of aerodynamics. And I think there's so many laws that we just don't understand. God mm -hmm. does. Yeah. Um, but when people begin to, to feel that the healing, that really builds the expectation. The other thing is making people aware that they can even receive healing. Mm -hmm. um, when we play. Pray, I mean, play testimony videos. Some people would get healed during the testimony video, but they won't get healed if you don't let them know that they could experience healing during the video. Because they don't know it, they have no expectation. And um, theologically speaking, I believe healing is an expression of the gospel. And so we sort of differentiate the two, but Jesus, when he sends his disciples to go into the towns in the Gospels, he's saying, go and proclaim the kingdom of God has come and heal the sick in it. The inbreaking of the kingdom is God's rule. Now, God's rule is not fully, like, realized in the earth. Sure. You know, there's still depravity, there's still sin, there's still sickness, there's still disease. But there's an element of it in breaking in through his enthronement, through him being crucified, resurrected from the dead, enthroned, sending his spirit into believers. Now we're ruling with him. And so the realization of the kingdom is being expressed when we go and share this good news. That's why Paul said, I preach the gospel to you, not just in word, but in power. Yeah, and so there's an element of it being an expression of the gospel, as opposed to me just going around mm -hmm. healing people just for the sake of healing people. Yeah. I mean, it's so that they can, so that the presence of God is manifest in that moment. Now Micah's gonna respond with her perspective on healing prayer, prayers of faith, and just a practical kind of logistical perspective that she has. It's really great, hope you enjoy it. The only thing I would say back to your question is that, you know, in the heyday of like Oral Roberts and Catherine Coleman, they saw 10 to 15% miracles. They saw 10 to 15% of those people get healed. 
And so when, I, when we babies at this start praying for people, I remember I had four back issues come to me. And by the third one, no one got healed. And I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, like, my, my interpreter's like, the fourth one comes, and he's like, oh, it's another back lady. And I'm like, I know. Like, I don't have it tonight. Like, <laughs> I was like, go down the line, you know. Um, we prayed for her, and she gets healed, right? So it's like, but and all that to say that I'm super, super practical. And I'm like, Look, the data shows that we're seeing more like 25 to 50% get healed now, nowadays. Or in Brazil, we even saw like 75, and they've seen 90% get healed. So when you study it out over the decades and the thousands of people, that's the piece that like super encourages me. Absolutely. I'm like, yeah, not everyone's going to get healed, but also God came for all. So it's like all I have to do is just... To him who has, more will be given. So I'm just like, all I'm doing is just storing it, and I don't know about the numbers. You know, that, to me, that builds my faith. Sure. To like see to see the progression. Yeah, I'm like, cool. okay, you know what? Not everyone that I pray for has to get healed, but if 25% do, I'm like super rocked. You know what I mean? And here, David and Micah talk a little bit about the underlying aspects of healing, the underlying aspects of disease and pain in our bodies, which is really interesting and something I think as evangelicals, at least in my circles growing up, was never really addressed. And as culturally and scientifically, we're moving forward and understanding the importance of mental health, understanding the importance of the mind, body, spirit. How, how all of this needs to function together in order to have true wellness, true healing and wholeness in our bodies. And that that's our inheritance as the kids of God, as, as those who are saved by Jesus. We, we have an inheritance of wholeness. Um, and what they have to say on this topic is just really great. I hope you love it. I know I did. What shocked me was 90% of the healings are you praying two or three or four times for somebody. And walk us through that. When we think you're praying two or three or four times, I'm like, we're coming back every Wednesday for a month to pray for the Caroline? No, obviously not. But again, that's kind of our culture is like, we'll just come back to the church for the next service and we'll pray for you. Like, what... Walk us through that a little bit. Well, when someone approaches you and they say, I have cancer, pray for me. Sure. Your immediate response is like, oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) Go to Cindy down the line. She's got the words. (laughs) And, you know, we're uncomfortable with waiting. We're uncomfortable with silence. And so we just feel like we just have to pray our best prayer. Mm -hmm. And that whole time you're striving. Mm -hmm. You're trying to make them feel something. You're trying to make God do something. And when you look at when Jesus prays for people, he says, get up. He says, ears open. So whatever. (laughs) Simple prayers. So when we pray for people, it was literally, I'll just, you know, I had a guy, he was deaf in his right ear and I just put my hand right here. And I said, be healed in Jesus' name. And then I asked him, I said, did you feel anything? And he said, no. And so I prayed again. And I said, ear be healed in Jesus' name. Mm. And he said, I asked him again. I was like, do you feel God touching you in any special way? And he's like, no. 
God bless him. He was like, I have. <laughs> yeah. He was like, he wasn't I wasn't going to pretend. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was like, not only can I not hear in this ear, but I have pain. Mm. And so I said, okay, rebuke the pain in Jesus' name. And his, his, this muscle area began to just shake like this. And my translator looks at me and he's like, look, look, look. <laughs> and the guy's eyes open and he's like, and he just begins weeping. Mm, he begins crying cool. because he was like, the pain's gone and I can hear. Amazing. He was like, it's at 80% now. And then I just prayed again. Yeah. You'll awesome. be healed and in Jesus' biblical. name. That's Mark, Mark 8, 7 or 8, somewhere in there. <laughs> but Jesus even, he yeah. comes to the deaf mute man and he yeah. says, is it better? And then he like licks his fingers. Yeah. Like, what? Like, what? Bonkers. <laughs> So very simple prayers. The other thing is when, and then interviewing somebody. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus does this when he prays for the blind man. And he, said, he prays for him and he's like, um, you know, do you see anything? And he's like, well, I see They look like, like trees, trees walking yeah. around. Yeah. And so he prays again. Uh, a lot of times when we're praying for people, we'll ask them, you know, when did this condition start? Mm-hmm. And they'll say, oh, you know, it happened a year ago. Well, did anything significant happen in your year, uh, year ago? And they were like, yeah, I got a divorce. Mm-hmm. Well, have you forgave? Yeah, wow. And then we began to pray through uh, unforgiveness. And that in itself is a powerful healing moment. And a lot of times yeah. the healing will come Just after, yeah, after wow. praying for forgiveness. Wow. Do you think we carry unforgiveness more in our culture from that, that idea of performance, that idea of I've got to, I, I am okay. And because I love Jesus, everything's okay with me. Right. And so I can't actually enter into a conversation yeah. seeking restitution or like seeking res- reconciliation because I'm so afraid of even like that, mm. like that kind of fellowship is mm. really off-putting, I think, for us culturally as like evangelical, American, Western, Southerners, whatever, that, you know, we don't even have the opportunity to find true forgiveness because like we have, we're spending so much time just doing doing the things and performing the acts and making sure we look good while we're doing it. Nobody, you know, can really see past that to say, "Oh my gosh, I really, I really harbor unforgiveness," and that mm. is stifling so much in my life. Like, mm. do you think uniquely here, or maybe just just in like a Westernized kind of culture, being so far removed from that like anti-performance or anti, you know, pretending? Well, I think it's everywhere. I think, you know, people hurt other people. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to forgive, but that's the power of the gospel. Yeah, that's good. Is that Christ forgave us while we were sinners. And so he calls us to do the same. We also saw um, affliction um, rooted. So he's talking more about like forgiveness, but also in trauma, sure. right? So um, we saw where, you know, if something... I'll just give you an example. It's like infertility. Mm-hmm. And she couldn't, she couldn't conceive, but she also had lost two mm-hmm. children. And she wanted to, she, so anyways, the Lord kind of led me to help walk her through forgiving herself, wow. speaking life over her own body. Yeah. And then the Lord came and touched her and, and her pain was gone, you know? And so forgiveness, um, roots of trauma and any kind of brokenness. Yeah. And then also, um, Affliction can come through spirits, right? So afflicting spirits and generational doors and things like that. So kind of, we saw this connection with like body, spirit, and soul. Cool. 
and how the Lord wanted to heal all of it, you know, and he can do it in a moment, right? So So it was so beautiful and it wasn't hype and it wasn't forced and it was just very relaxed and um, it was was really, really different than what I had ever seen. Awesome. That's amazing. So going forward... As you share this, I mean, like, this is this is a landmark watershed kind of thing, girl. We cannot <laughs> talk about this for, like, the rest of forever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, like, what's your hope and prayer, the two of you, um, that, you know, this was a traumatic event for your family? Like, obviously, we're talking about the flip side that is mm-hmm. amazing. But you did experience something ultra-traumatic mm-hmm. in your family. So, like, going mm-hmm. forward, what is your prayer, desire, like, chief focus in sharing this? Um, what do you want for other people to get out of this story? Well, mine is to really let God be glorified. And, mm-hmm. you know, I created a blog out of it because I believe in the power of testimony. And the idea of this testimony just lived on my Instagram feed or my Facebook. But I wanted to tell everybody, like, yeah. look at God. He still heals today. Mm-hmm. And so I want to be a bridge to people, you know, because I didn't believe he healed and I didn't mm-hmm. believe it was normative. Um, but I want to be a bridge for people who might be skeptical, who might, you know, they might even be cessationist. Sure. Well, you know, here's what's happened to us, and I believe God can do the same thing for you. And it really doesn't impact you until a loved one is sick or you're sick. Um, when you when you need the healing power of God, it really becomes real to you. And so I just want to equip and empower people to know God as healer. You know, I am still processing what happened to us. Um, I don't remember any of that week. And so I literally am like, well, Lord, do I have any trauma? (laughs) I know, which I do, but um, still processing for sure. Um, But, you know, for me, it's kind of the same. Since that incident, we've seen not just directly through us, but in in collaboration with our community, like like upwards of 250 people get healed in the Houston area and people with cancer and I'm I it um I don't even have like a box to like a you know like a Christian box to put that in there's really not and so I'm just really asking God like okay what is it what do you want us to do with this and he's been leading us um, just to like steward that and say, okay, well, I'm just going to start praying for the sick. I wasn't doing it before. Yeah, I was scared. I was I scared. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm just going to start praying for the sick. And so it's been like, well, let's start at church. It's the easiest, best place to start for us, you know? And we've seen the Lord start breaking through in those places where we, we never went at corporately for healing. Mm-hmm. And now it's beginning to be a culture. And it's beginning to be a culture in our ministry. And it's beginning to be a culture in our home, yeah, which is so like, oh my God, that, that's just the gospel. <laughs> like, that's just God's way, you know? And uh, we've seen when we just make a place for Him, He always comes through. And it's so fun. It's yeah. so life giving. So, I love your yeah. Face. It's just like shining. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. All right. Well, guys, we totally. Blew past our 45 minutes. Who cares? And we can keep going. But since you started talking about family, I was going to do this on the air because it's really special to me and you guys are really special to me. Okay, so you see my sweatshirt. I'm wearing a Bible seminary sweatshirt. And our school is 
is the jam. Don't get me wrong. We just don't have a lot of merch. <laughs> I like stuff. I like swag. The, I like the accessories. And so I had my friend make this when Silas was little. And you guys have the little. Oh my god! That is so cute. Biggest takeaway. I don't know about you, what it is for you, what you've heard, what you've experienced while you were listening, but I know for me in my talk with David and Micah, the biggest takeaway, the biggest thing that's changed my life is just trying, <laughs> being open, being ready to receive anything, whether it's this idea of someone randomly popping up in my mind, the Lord put that person there, pray for that person. If you're out and about, going about your day. You know, the Holy Spirit made me get back out of my car at the gas station the other day to pray for a woman who I've known for a while as a cashier there, but I've never really made a connection with her. But the Lord highlighted to me, you know, that that she has a limp and her right hip is really bothering her. And you guys, I broke out in a cold sweat. Like it was pushing the button for nuclear war. Like it was the biggest deal to me. And in that, the Holy Spirit just kind of showed me you need to exercise this muscle. You need to exercise the fact that you are placed here and given this gift to share. And the gift is just the gospel. Healing is just the gospel in action. Healing is not kooky. It's not crazy. It's not gone. It's miraculous. And it's ours. It's a gift. It's one of the reasons Jesus died for us is so that we can live whole and healthy lives and be able to share that with others. In the same sentence, however, God is God and we are not, and all we can do is our part. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you've been praying for healing for yourself or for a loved one for a long time, don't lose heart. God is God and we are not, and we don't know the inner workings, but we do know that when we come to him continually as a good father, he never disappoints. Even when our circumstances don't really change, we change. And that's the, also the promise of the gospel is transformation. The longer we sit with the Lord, the more we become like him. So don't lose heart. Know that God loves you. I love you. God is good. He is kind. He is merciful and gentle, and he wants to know you and he wants to know you more. So thanks for listening to the Nope, That's Not What It Says show. Hope you keep tuning in for more episodes. Next up, we're talking with missionary extraordinaire Elizabeth Chen, all the way from Belmapan, Belize. You're not gonna wanna miss it. But I'm seeking the heart of the Father, and the heart of the Father is the Son, right? Is the glorification of mm -hmm. the Son, and and like that eternal idea of foreverness and we are co-heirs i think that's a mechanism that that is of revival that's kind of taking place in my circles i hear more and more people talking about like the co-regency what it actually means to step into our identity as as co-heirs with christ mm -hmm. and operate not just inward but in power so that people believe people have the opportunity to experience the gospel not just hear the gospel experience the gospel that's not what it says!